Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or best way to interact, go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. Get to know all about the community there. Nick, I'm diving into another ranch water. I found a little addiction to these, I think. This one's from a brand called Lone River. And uh, having a good time. This one's 100% agave and natural lime juice. Only 80 calories, so it's, it's definitely yeah. helping trim my line. I, I was wondering how many calories in it. Thanks for giving us the update. Yeah, you're welcome. So right. today on buy and sell, I'm buying. And I'm going to buy something that I think is underrated. The neighborhood ice cream truck. It is underrated as summer hits out here. We're nineties, hundreds, you know, we're kind of going back and forth, high eighties, the hundreds. And we have this family that owns an ice cream truck that hits our neighborhood all summer long. They're, Kids are involved. Everyone's got a smile on their face. And is there anything more American than just the entrepreneurship of the ice cream truck? Like, especially the ones, they never miss a day. They're working seven days a week, smile on their face. You can tell they wanted to do it. Nobody's unhappy. They got all kinds of cool stuff on there. It's well thought out. You know, their, their menu is well-designed. And what's better than the noise coming down your street when it's a hundred degrees? I mean, I, I got to buy the ice cream truck. I'm not buying, I'm not buying their ice cream though, man. At least the ones here, the ones here are ran by a bunch of meth heads. I'm pretty sure the whole thing is it's, there's like the circus of people that own them. And then this whole crew of ran. I mean, we get, we don't get the nice ice cream trucks. Maybe in your neighborhood. Mine is that, 1986 conversion van that is barely limping down the street and it's five bucks for a goddamn piece of ice cream i mean that's the the, yeah we're talking a piece like it's a little piece of ice cream and you don't get much and it's what's going on over there in tulsa fucking bad bad ice cream over here so yeah no what i'm saying is it's just like they have ice cream sandwiches they have drumsticks yeah is there a markup yeah there's a markup but it's well run. They literally don't miss. I mean, it's like clockwork in our neighborhood when the summer hits. And if the spring gets a little warm, they're out. It's like they just can't wait to do it. So to me, this family, how they run it, you know, the smile on their face, all the kids are excited to see them. You know, kids are running from the backyard, hopping out of pools, whatever. It's just like there's nothing quite like a good ice cream truck driving through your neighborhood because everybody wants some ice cream and you would think we all would have it in our freezer, but the reality is there's nothing like getting an ice cream from the truck on that truck. Does it say Schwanz? Did you misinterpret (laughs) them as their last name? And you're like, they're always smiling. Their name is Schwanz. No, 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 no. Schwanz. I haven't heard that in forever. Oh, we have We actually, I actually had it this weekend. My neighbor crossed the street. That's funny. You mentioned ice cream. Like, we were sitting out for a little bit while the kids were playing and they're like, Hey, you want some ice cream? They grabbed this big old thing of Schwann's ice cream and started handing out ice cream bars. It's like, 
Hell yeah, bring me some of that. You're Schwann's like, wow, is good those, shit. You're like, those still exist. Man, I haven't seen a Schwann's truck in forever. Man, there's a lot of young dudes never seen one ever in their life. Yeah, they're like Schwann's. What's that? Exactly. Yeah, you you buy all kinds of stuff. All right, so you're uh you're buying, I'm selling. All right, and I'm selling air. I'm selling the air inside of the fucking containers. When you buy something at Lowe's and you're supposed to put it on your yard and it's these granules and you grab this pack and you go, all right, cool. I'll open it up fucking gallon container. And there's literally about two inches at the bottom full of these granules, things that are supposed to, I've got these parts in my yard. So what I'm trying to do is a couple of years ago, I got infested by this weed called Dallas grass. And I had to, basically, you can't get rid of it unless you round it. You got to round up because it has a bunch of seeds and the seeds get all over the place as well. It's like there's certain type of weeds and grasses that when you pull the root, there's that section of the root that stays in the ground and will grow into another, another weed. So this dullest grass is extremely difficult to get rid of. And so I basically just a couple of years ago, I had to nuke my yard with a bunch of roundup. So I have these big whole sections of my yard that don't have any grass. Well, on fertilizer i've tried different things i found this stuff at lowe's right when you're going through that checkout aisle they got all this fun little stuff for you to buy and this this is that magic like you got you got a dead spot in the yard i'm like yeah i'll use this pour it on there it'll be great fucking open it up i swear there's literally about an inch and a half maybe two inches that's about all i got anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> like normal occasions somebody it gets will the definitely job leave done. a review saying hey you know women listen to this as well <laughs> <laughs> well that's all i got <laughs> so everybody knows uh and uh you know that inch two inches of uh granules didn't do a goddamn thing Oh, there was so much air, so much air in it. Like I should have bought three or four of these things because I 100%. thought that it was going to be full. No, it had so much air. I'm like, fuck it. It's like potato chips, right? We're done with oh, potatoes. Yeah. So much air in the fucking bag. Why are you putting so much air? Why not just sell a smaller package? Like I, I it doesn't make sense. So I'm selling. Yeah. selling no, air. it's uh, welcome to dad. TikTok, where we talk about lawn care and, and ice cream trucks. I mean, that's getting a baby formula too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, on a better note, we have some wild changes coming in the ceramic industry, right? Wild, wild stuff, uh, circling around. We got some information last week. Some of you may have as well. And I don't think the professional ceramic market's going to look quite the same here in the next 90, 120 days, you're going to see massive layoffs. Some people have already been laid off. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to see business models change drastically from big companies. Uh, this isn't like an, I told you so thing. This is just hyperclean is going to keep doing business the way that we've designed our business because it's always been designed with the customer in mind. You know, we always assume you guys know how to install Uno. We've made it as user-friendly as any product on the market. We trust that you know what you're doing. You tr we trust that the product's good enough and easy enough to use. So here's a crazy idea. You go to a website and you purchase it. There's no rules. There's no, hey, this is a one-year coding. Most of us are adults here. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Marty, 
hyper clean, the guys and gals that are just installing a ton of it, they're going to see no difference. They're going to be like, Hey, my life's chugging along just the way it has been, but there's going to be a lot of business affected. And, uh, just remember hyper clean has been doing business the same way since Marty and I started together is that this is a very simplistic approach because it makes sense. And we care about the car owner, the detailer, everybody. And there's not, not a reason that, that a lot of this stuff was going on. So for those paying attention, some big, 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 big news is starting to drop and, and behind the scenes, some big things are changing. Yeah. All right. So if you noticed too, some big changes and big things going on, maybe not since uh, you kind of moved out of the baby steps. I got a nice photo from this weekend of you enjoying a lunch with your daughter out on the patio. That was yeah. super nice. Looked like she was chomping down on some good stuff. So I yeah. guess she's out of the baby formula, but uh, apparently out of that stage, but apparently there's a massive, which is, I don't, I still am confused how there's a, how there's a baby formula shortage, but Brian Mildred, one of our distributors, he made a meme this past weekend that had, uh, <laughs> it had Smokey the Bandit. You remember Smokey the Bandit and uh, Snowman, which was his sidekick. And it was like, yeah. I bet you Snowman and Bandit would be able to get some baby formula. <laughs> like, no doubt, man, that dude, Smokey the Bandit, man, the way he drove, what's that, a, a Firebird? Was it a Firebird? Yeah. With the big wings and the, the you yeah, see the big, big feathers and the, the bird, bird on, on it. I mean, yeah. so, it, you know, it, it I, is funny, but it, it is also Trans Am, wasn't it? Trans Am. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like why, why in the world would it be out of formula? I, the, the other funny part of it too, is if you saw, there's a lady that decided she didn't want to risk getting formula in her state. So she hopped on a plane to go get formula somewhere else, ends up having a baby on the plane. Ooh. Like, it's got to be a rough spot to have a baby. Can you imagine being on the plane too? Like hearing and hey, that's, that's a lot going on on a flight. All for hey. baby formula. And I and not only that, dude. I mean, evidently there was some big brawl. Like one of a United worker just got like had some ex football player attack him at, at Newark Airport. Like, dude, think about this. You're having a baby on a plane. As if the airport and the plane fly and the, the flying experience isn't already nutty enough. We're now adding having a baby because we're chasing formula. Like, is it the wildest moment in the history of the world? Some of the stuff you can read about, or is it just the fact that you have access to the news on a level you didn't have when we were younger? Like all this wild stuff has been going on. We just now are so connected that we know it's going on. Uh, do we still wear masks on planes? I'm confused. I don't think you do. I think that's got lifted. I'm not like, sure. I, I heard that they were right a couple of weeks ago or something, right? Like, or yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to wear one on a plane. All right, man. Look at us. Well, look at us. We're progressing into 2022. I know, Ding. dude. Golly. It's wild though. Hey, the the airport is a wild place. Wild. So still shortages everywhere, tons of shortages on, on everything, except there's no shortages of Don, John Daly uh, <laughs> eating at Hooters <laughs> and going to the local casinos while he was at hey, the PGA. Hey, you guys had uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma on the map all weekend, huh? With the, the PGA championship at one of uh, your exclusive country clubs right down the street from our warehouse. I mean, our warehouse is not that far away. From one of the nicest courses in the country. Coincidence? I think not. Hyper clean, 
nicest nicest country club i mean it goes together but yeah it i was getting all seeing all the photos too where big john had stacks of hundreds that he was just feeding into the to the casinos down there and and man he just he lives a life doesn't he i mean that dude doesn't look like he's worked out a day in his life or missed a single diet coke in his life i was gonna say man he just looks fucking terrible well he's he's now he's older and now i mean think about he smokes two or three packs a day at least you know he doesn't drink any water zero ounces of water he drinks diet coke like cases of it a day I mean, can yeah. you imagine what that, I mean, and the fact that he's still alive, Marlboro Reds, Diet Cokes, eats massive amounts of McDonald's and Hooters and those types of places. Like it, it's a testament to the human body that the dude's still alive and he's able to gamble. Able to still swing a big old stick too, huh? Dude, crazy. That's he, <laughs> he is like a human Marvel, dude. I was get those casino picks are wild. I mean, that dude has lost some serious money in some casinos. And he looks like a dirty old Santa Claus. Like No doubt about like it. Like not that's a good worst. Santa Claus. That, like that, a, a creepy, look, like, came out, of, like, like uh, came out of his trailer Santa you Claus. You remember that like, movie, Bad Santa? He oh, looks like it. that. <laughs> that movie's hilarious. Yeah. And Badder Santa. Did you ever oh, see that? Oh, yeah, dude. That, <laughs> that stuff is so funny. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, Tiger Woods, you think he's... I mean, is he done? Is he, is he ever oh, going to get to come back? I mean, he was here for a little bit, but uh, there was some, there, it was funny. There was a guy named Casey Vernon, who's a local detailer here who actually followed him, I guess, over to the airport so he could take a video. I mean, listen, the interesting part about having the PGA championship here was really to see how many people wanted to tell other people on social media that the PGA championship was here. Sort of like what we're doing on, you know, talking yeah. about it, but how many people put out videos and photos and stuff of, you know, the, all the guys being here, but this guy, Casey, he, uh, he actually, I guess, followed him over to when he was going to take off uh, his plane. There's only, it's only two little airports here that would be able to sustain his jet. And <laughs> so he, he watched his jet flying off and took it, you know, pictures of it on the runway and stuff. It was like, see a tiger. I guess he didn't do so good. Nah, man, he almost had his leg amputated like what eight months ago. I mean, that's not even a year. Um, you know, fought for three rounds and had to withdraw because it was pretty, pretty painful. And, uh, you know, as, as a kid that grew up watching Michael Jordan, you kind of never know when it's over, right? You never know when it's going to be over. What's going to happen. Can somebody have a long career? And you always take it for granted because now you'd do anything to watch Michael play again, because when you were watching it in the moment, it was awesome. And you really haven't been able to replicate that in basketball, even though Steph Curry and LeBron and these dudes are great. For those of us that grew up with Jordan, we remember how great it was, you know, rooting for him or not rooting for him or just watching him, whatever. I think the same with Tiger Woods. People took it for granted his entire time. And it was generational you know it's him and jack nicholas you know think about how long it took to get from jack in his prime to tiger likely in our life we're never going to see anything like that again and so i don't know for me it's kind of i go the other way i know people hate on guys like tiger woods but i root for greatness i'm glad when i get to see it but it seems like his is probably over 
Uh, not even he's not even going to make it. You don't think to like the senior PGA? I mean, he could he can make a comeback in twenty years on the senior PGA. I believe in I'll believe anything. I live long. I've lived long enough that I believe anything now. But it just I mean, dude, it looks painful to walk. I mean, I that's I don't think that's a good trend. So you know, things don't get easier as you get older. So how is he going to rectify the having trouble walking thing? I I think that's a tough tough ask, but. I mean, I'll always be glad when he, he shows up, like, you know, it's just fun having him around, but yeah, I think the days of him it's better being for the golf players over Tiger oh, Woods yeah. or John Daly. Oh, both are great, but for different reasons, right? Like John is the every man, you know, that's the way people see him. Tiger Woods is the different part of that, where all he did was work, you know, all he did, he never goofed off. He never you know, drank and did stuff like that at golf tournaments like John Daly does, you know, so I like them both. I mean, for me, seeing big John, I mean, that dude has the, I don't give a, you know, what of, I mean, that's like a 10 out of 10. He just doesn't care. He's just walking around doing what he wants to do. I mean, and I've never, I, when he first started coming out, was it Arkansas, right? That he, he yeah. came out of. And now his and, son is there. And his swing, right? I oh, mean, that back swing that club like head that. ends up almost right here by his, the side of his face. And then the way it whips it around, I mean, who didn't try to do that back in the day, yeah. right? Like, and he oh, still, and he still does I, it. If I can get my, if I can get my club further <laughs> back, that must mean I'm going to hit it farther. Yeah. And I never could like, and that so it's still crazy. Do, they still can doing still it that do way, it. man. Yeah. It's nuts. It's just like, and, and he is the definition of God given ability, right? Like, it isn't a, him on the range and him in practice. Like that is just not him. He's just naturally that good. And he just never had the work ethic to, to do much other than just dick off, which good for him, whatever. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, something else that was funny that I noticed, which we went back and forth on. I listen, I, I didn't know you're all right. Having a, a four door Jeep. There are things that you miss out on versus the traditional two-door jeep but i never noticed and i had a two-door jeep in last week that we were working on and i go what in the world did they really bring back the hinges so that that front windshield comes down was that just on this model i haven't seen those before i haven't really cleaned very actually i don't know that i've cleaned it's been many many years since i cleaned a two-door jeep I mean, probably five or six. It's been a long time. And I probably only cleaned one or two. I mean, just so many people get those four-door Jeeps. I, I yeah. didn't even know that they still did the front windshield down. So is that on every two doors, a special it's edition? Got, it, it's got to be because I never remember owning, and I've owned several Jeeps where I didn't have it. So the question is on modern Jeeps and there'd be a lot of like Jeep owners that'll get really mad right now. Cause we don't know this off the top of our head, but it's gotta be a two door Jeep thing at this point, right? Where maybe only certain models of the four door would offer the fold down glass. But when that was a big selling point for Jeep for a long time was that you could take that down it allow you to to keep your windshield from breaking if if you were going to rock crawl or you wanted vision or whatever. And so the crazy thing is now you made me start looking at all these four door jeeps. I'm like, hey, can you fold your windshield down? But like, 
have you ever folded? Well, you never owned a two door. I only folded mine down a couple of times and I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And so I, it's, it's great. You bring it up because that is an interesting difference because the way it's set up on the body, there'd be no reason for them not to put the hinges there. So I really can't understand why the four door Jeep wouldn't have it. Do you? Cause you could just put the hinges right there in the front. It's not as if the glass is any kind of crazier size or something like that. No, it's got to be model. I, it's got to be model specific now. I think so because this one actually even had like little pictures of a Jeep with the wind windshield down, like that old school look. Yeah, yeah. Had little Shit. little images of that on the the wheels, and then a couple spots around the vehicle just ran. So randomly. do you have those two rubber grommets on your? So that's for the windshield. So what now? It's just decorative. Man, look, four door Jeep's taking a big hit today. You're telling me they put those rubber grommets on your? on your g and you have the hook right so you have the two rubber grommets and you have a thing that comes out of your hood that's for the windshield are you sure your windshield doesn't fold down wow so they're just everything you have on your jeeps just for show not one thing for real over there huh show and glow baby show and glow <laughs> show and glow oh uh, yeah it's a i i got i gotta take a closer look at this yeah i being out of the jeep world for a while i'm gonna have to get to the bottom of this but your dream ride if you had seventy five thousand, as you said on the 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 pub last week and a very very alarming thing you said does the gladiator have the fold down it's got to right i mean if it doesn't that is the worst. marty picked the worst truck being built as the truck he'd want to get because he could do stuff to it i mean you guys are going to have to listen to that episode because boy, oh boy, it was eye-opening. Might as well, right? Take the top off, doors off, go <laughs> cruising in the truck. Might as well. <laughs> While you're cruising around, you'll probably see a couple of things uh, and anybody cruising around their area. This is a fun thing to do. Plenty of people listen uh, while they drive, and that's always fun. The people that, uh, that send in photos and different stuff of where they're at, why they're driving, why they're listening, Everybody listens in a different thing, but the thousands of people that will listen to this episode, they'll be able to notice something too when they drive around. And they're going to look and they're going to see whether that's a air conditioning or it's an electric company or a detail company or, you know, any type of service. There's always somebody that's a discount, right? Yeah. Discount such and such, discount such and such. So it'd be interesting. What do you, what do you think? Is it, it's easier to grow a business if you're a discount company or if you're a high-end quote unquote, you know, we we don't do discounts. We don't talk to people in the discount world. We we only deal with these people up here, the upper echelons. Huh. What do you think, man? Because I opening up a discount company, you should be able to get a lot of a lot of work that comes in. It's sort of like if you open up a, a company and go straight to uh uh, Groupon, you know, or something like that, yeah. right? Like, yeah. What do you What do you think, man? Discount company is that the way to go? Well, I mean, I think we've had this this these types of discussions before, but it was kind of interesting. You know, you can find, you know, discount heating and cooling. You know, been in business for twenty five years in your town, right? Some kind of discount heating and cooling company, and they'll drive around, and their trucks are all wrapped, and it says discount everywhere, and you know, 20% off sometimes right on the truck. And, you know, it, it's not about easier. It's about different. 
you know, when you're operating in that discount world, you, you have access to the most people because the majority of consumers are looking for a deal, right? I mean, you and I know that everybody listening knows that everyone, can I get a deal? I mean, a big deal on shipping. Can I have a deal on this? Can I have a deal on that? Can I have a deal on this? I think the crazy thing is, is that we don't see people celebrate both ends of the spectrum in detailing that there is this discount shopper who's just looking to have their car clean for a hundred, 200, 300 bucks inside and out quickly as possible. They'll stop by the same day. They're not always the best to deal with, but that's the majority of people. That's 50, 60, 70, 80% of the buying public, 90% of the buying public. So the crazy thing is you see all these other service-based industries, mechanics that regularly tell people 20% off services, 15% off services. They're playing a different game. They're playing the Yelp game, the Google reviews game, the, 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 the internet game of I'm giving you a deal. And quite frankly, if you were to start a detailing business from scratch today, the easiest way to get the most clients is to be the guy that gives a deal because that's what Walmart has taught people. Amazon has taught people bath and uh, bed, bath and beyond sends out 20% coupons every week. Fucking old Navy. Did you ever, did old you ever Navy. shop at old Navy? Were yeah, you ever... of course. Everybody, everybody's been in there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I didn't realize how discounty they went. Oh, I haven't been in there in years, but yeah, I, 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 gr I grabbed something recently and I'm on there email list suddenly, right? Always somehow. Yeah. I don't even know how they got my email, but exactly. randomly I'm on their email list and I'm get, it's like every day, 50% off this 50% off that. Yeah, no, it's, there's, there's no question. And, and the weird thing is, is that we sort of don't have this conversation in detailing about how could you run a business that way in detailing? Because there's absolutely companies that do, you know, I mean, we, we've had guests on here that you've talked to quite a bit who kind of run that style of business where, you know, again, we kind of call it volume business and detailing instead of what it is, which is a, a more discounted way of doing business. I've never thought there was a right and wrong. I just thought whatever model you choose, you got to do everything around that model. So if I'm running a discount detailing business, I can't, spend a bunch on chemicals and, and have, you know, the most expensive tools and right. Like I got to start cutting corners cause I'm giving this guy over here a deal. So I got to control my expenses and I got to uh, pay my people a certain way. And I got to keep the volume coming in. And I think it's interesting when you think about it, that we just really don't talk very much about the discount part of our business or, or we try to act like it doesn't exist, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, or a lot of people will frown on it, right? There's that know your worth, right? Or, you know, the theory of, and the, 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 the flip side too, right? One reason why many people don't want to do it is because you automatically know what type of customer you're going to start getting in, yeah. what type of vehicle they're going to bring into you and how hard it is going to be to clean it. And they probably have it pitted out. They're never going to be happy. It's just, yep. it's always nasty, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, but that's the majority of the market. So if you choose, and, and then we get into the high end part of the market, part of the market. And, and 
let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum where I get told all the time people want to do business. Hey, Nick, how'd you get the clientele you have and this and that? And, and people watch what I do, watch that I don't spend my time heavily on social media. And then they'll tell me they're in the high end and all they do is Google reviews and everything that goes on in the discount world. And so I think as much as the discount world is, is not chased, the idea that most people are going to get into that elite level clientele is even smaller. I actually don't think most people understand. I know 12 years ago, I didn't understand what exactly was going on in the very, very top of the market. It's a very different place than I think you would have guessed when you first started your career. Those homes, those neighborhoods, those elite level people, they operate 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what I thought when I first got in the business. I had Why? been doing business like what's different. Well, I can tell you this, you don't see a whole bunch of trucks wrapped in, in those neighborhoods, the electrician, uh, the, you know, I I'll share this as kind of a, a, a monumental conversation I had in my life in business. It was with a home builder who built, I don't know, every home that's probably mattered in Vegas to some degree on initial build quality. He built a $50 million compound for one of my customers and you couldn't pick him out of a lineup. His truck doesn't say anything on it, but everybody that has $50 million to spend on a house knows who he is. He's not on Google. You're not going to find his website. You're not going to find him on Facebook. You're not going to find him on Instagram, but he's getting people to cut him $50 million checks. And the same goes for something like heating and cooling. So I know a gentleman that sold two heating and cooling businesses for like 25 plus million each. He gets bored. He did one in Indiana. He sold one in Arizona when he retired. Now he lives here. He's got another one. He's basically doing every kind of AC work that matters. You'd never even know he had an AC business. <laughs> I don't even know what the business is called. But guess what he does? He knows how to go get these big commercial contracts. He knows how to network in that group. He knows how to get casinos on his side. He knows how to perform the work on a massive scale. So it's weird because 12 years ago, I would have told you, you know, high end is Gucci and Versace. And that's what people wear. The really rich people don't wear that stuff at all. My, my wealthiest clients like have clothing built for them by people that there's just no way you would know who they are. And so it's kind of easy to spot once you're in it that the high end part of the, the really, really high end part of the market. And I'm, I'm stressing that this is the 1%. You'll never know who's doing business with them. Never. Because nobody's advertising it. Because if you start to advertise it, then guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get that work. So one of the, the dichotomies here is when you, when you take what that high end looks like and you take what this discount model looks like, it's much easier to operate in that discount model because you have to operate so, like if you look at my company, we have to operate so differently than most detailing businesses. We do federal background checks and I had this conversation with you earlier. Like we got a lot of liability being around all these cars and 
you, you, you deal with all of these different parties involved with each client. Like it's not as easy as somebody just showing up at your door and you getting to knock out a $200 interior exterior detail detail. There's a lot of game playing that goes on and I can spot the high end now from a mile away. And if, if they're spending a ton of time on Google reviews or spending a ton of time on Instagram and Facebook, I can tell you they're not, they're not the highest of the high end. Many of the highest end detailers really have no internet presence at all. And that's a hard thing for people to hear. Yeah, because especially when you're trying to run a little business, trying to figure out how to get customers. It's, it's a lot, it seems to be a lot easier, a lot more. It, it is, it's a dichotomy, right? Because we want those customers that we think that they just have as much money as they can and they'll, they'll pay for whatever service and they're going to be the best customers. And we want to go after all those customers with all the money because they're going to make sure that I'm taken care of because I'm cleaning their car, right? Like that's a theory. Yep. How hard it is to find those. And if somebody could sustain their business long enough to get enough of those customers versus just the regular people that you clean cars for on a discounted basis. Guy, it seemed there's just so much mass, more volume of those people riding around in cars. It, it would make sense to go that way. The, the flip side though, is that might be that grungier work though, right? It, yeah. it might be scrubbing yeah. carpets more instead of, you know, just washing a, putting on a protection on a car, right? Like it, yeah. it's going to be a it's, little bit. It's a, look, it's, and that's why I, I've always told guys that have asked me like, dude, I don't think there's a right and a wrong. You know, we've kind of tried to do, try to make that clear in, in, in our conversations. It's, it's just different, but I can tell you, man, the highest of the high end, they don't want their stuff public. I mean, Marty, you, you've worked for some guys that have a lot of Jack. They don't like that camera being out on their property. They don't, they don't want people to know where they live. They don't want to know what cars they drive. And also the wildest thing about the richest people that I've dealt with or deal with on a daily basis, they don't drive the most expensive cars every day. Right? Like when you have guys that have billions of dollars, they could drive whatever car they want. Any car they want. We don't have those people here. Uh, sure you do. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we have billionaires. I don't. I don't. We got. Well, we got. You some guys had T Boone Pickens there. Yeah, T Boone Pickens. Yeah, he, I think he might be uh, passed on. He was a bit old, but yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. some Jack. There's Jack everywhere in every state, every city. You're, you're right. There's Jack, but this is this is going to be that pushback to to people that are listening because they're going to go. But you're in Vegas, Nick. Yep. Yeah. A lot it's, more it's money a, in Vegas. Absolutely right. Yeah. There's a lot more going on there. There's a lot like. Yeah. It's going to be so much. That's why I guess I've always had a problem with this could be, and you could talk about it in any facet of the industry where people are chasing the big tickets or the big customers or the big money. Just there's not as many around in a normal city, quote unquote, yep. as there are in a major place like Vegas versus Tulsa. I mean, there's just, a lot less. So it never made sense for me as a business to go chase after just those elite people. Now, sure. After you grow in business and maybe you hit that 10 year mark, seven year mark, you begin to get a lot more because your, your name gets passed around a lot. Yeah. 
but it never made sense to go chase after that type of stuff. If you're anywhere in the first five years of business, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you don't really chase it. It chases you. Your reputation starts to spread. You get one of those elite clients and all of a sudden all the elite clients are like, Hey, what's going on? That doesn't mean you sign everyone up either. You know, it doesn't mean everybody agrees to it because in the elite, there are guys that spend money and one thing's done the right way. And then just like in the low part of the market, there are guys with lots of money that are cheapskates. I mean, I've shared this before. I mean, I, across from one of my customers, the guy just bought two brand new black G wagons. Marty, this guy's owned more black Mercedes on the elite level that have looked like trash in 10 years than anywhere I've seen in the world. This guy has $250,000 wrapped up in each G wagon, if not more, and they're already a mess. And they'll be a mess for the entire two years or year and a half he owns them. And I've talked to him several times, his assistant several times. They don't see the value in any of it. They don't see how bad those things look. But he's never had cars cared for on an elite level. So then there's an, another part of it is just because somebody has money doesn't mean they value their car being taken care of on an elite level. So and I now think there's a lot of people, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I was going to bring up. Like, there's a lot of people that just assume, which is what I'm saying, they want to go get these elite customers because they think that those customers are just going to take care of everything. Cool, man. We're just going to spend all this money. And they, and, and they don't. Yeah. That's just not, I'll tell you the craziest story that ever happened. People would know this guy. He's famous. I was brought into his collection and I mean a collection of cars. Like I, I want to say at the time, 15 to 20 cars. He had his assistants. This is how it was operating. So I sit down and I go, so how is the collection being cared for? The collection is just in shambles. They go, oh, uh, once a week, we spend time taking the cars down the street to the car wash. I'm like, so wait a minute. He pays somebody's salary for that day. I mean, it's 15 cars. It's not like it's going to take 10 minutes. And that's what they did, Marty. They drove the cars one by one down to this you know, spin cycle car wash. And then the assistant or whoever was making a reasonable living would then vacuum the mats after they went through the tunnel. I mean, the inefficiency alone was costing this guy way more than it was going to cost to do it professionally. But you here's the deal. You mm -hmm. know, that guy that had to have that job was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> 100%. Like, so how anyway, the hell? How I'll the hell did I go through school? How the hell did I do all uh, this? Yeah. And now I'm washing this dude's cars by going through the car This dude was a famous wash. entertainer, famous. Yeah. So I put a presentation together, a proposal together, I should say, and do on the low end what he's paying the person per hour. Our way was cheaper. Okay, long term. The cars were going to be elevated. And long term, he was going to save money because his assistants or whatever weren't going to be taking this time doing this. Exact quote. Yeah, that's not true. I was like, math isn't true. Like, I know you're paying these people more than what I put aside hourly, but that's the way. And still to this day, as far as my knowledge, that's exactly how that car collection is being cared for. The guy has all the money in the world. He's got no reason not to spend a few thousand, 3,000, 5,000 a month on his collection, whatever the number is. He has no reason not to do it, but just because he has it doesn't mean he's going to spend it on you. 
And that's the other fallacy I had in my head 12 years ago was all these rich people keep all their stuff in top condition and they care about stuff. No, here's the funny thing. If they didn't take pride in it prior to them getting rich, the odds that they take pride after they get rich with cars is actually pretty rare. When you talk to my clients now that I've gotten the chance to dig into, they'll be like, oh yeah, I always kept my car clean. Now, is it on the level it is now when they were just getting started? No. But the people that were clean when they were driving a Honda are the same people that are going to be clean and doing the right thing with their car when they're driving a Ferrari. And that's the predictor. That's how you really know because Marty, how many people have you seen that, that, that just operate that way? It's just the way it is. Well, that's what I was going to say. How do you figure out how to figure? I mean, how do you find no, dude, You don't. Yeah. No, that's, mean, the, that's the funny thing is there is no secret to any of this, but in the discount world, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If I offer a discount, I'm going to get a bunch of people to come in. Now, as long as I bake in that discount to my pricing and I'm making a good living off of it, that is a way easier market to predict. It's a way easier market to understand, and it's a way easier market to develop a business on. It just is because that person is 75 plus percent of the market. The guy that loves getting a deal. I mean, have you ever heard somebody buy a used car that didn't get a deal? They all get deals. Yet, you know, all these car dealers that are living in massive mansions and selling companies for 30 and 40 million, but everybody, you know, got a deal. Everyone wants to feel like they got a deal. And that's an easier part of the market to understand, in my opinion. It, it just is. All right. So thinking about, let's say we want to do that and we want to, we want to create deals. Um, that's going to shake up a lot of people because we don't, we don't like to give deals in a sense. We, we know our worth in a sense. We can't, we can't discount what we do. So that, it becomes a very, I don't know, complex issue for many detailers to kind of sit down and think about in their own mind of how they could do that or why they, many of them would probably say, no, I don't want to give anybody a deal. no discounts. Nobody gets yeah. a discount. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's, that's everybody's prerogative. You know, yeah. we don't, we don't do discounts at, at my company and I'm not advocating for one or the other. I'm just saying the massive part of the market is in the deal business. They want to get a deal. And for everybody telling you about doing business in that 1%, that 1% is very easy to spot who's doing it. Because if they got a massive Instagram page and they're constantly posting on it, are they really doing business with that 1%? Because that 1% doesn't want to be on social media, right? They Maybe those new you know, those guys that are maybe young entertainers, or maybe they're, they're, they're big Bitcoin guys, they're young, and they've hustled and made millions at a very young age, maybe a little bit of flashiness there. But you start talking about a 50 year old guy that's built a net worth of a billion dollars. That's about as secretive as it gets. That guy doesn't want to be on social media, that guy doesn't want pictures of his house on social media, his garage, or any of that kind of stuff. It's a very, very different part of the market. And Again, it's not right and wrong. We kind of talk about that way in detailing, and I'm not sure why. The HVAC industry understands there's going to be a discount guy, and they understand there's going to be a top of the food chain guy. And, and that's those, those people aren't really searching for the same customer. And the same would go for detailing. I mean, that's the greatest part about this conversation is that if somebody's doing business over here and discount 
type of business model and you're doing business on the high end, what do you care if somebody charged for a $50 detail? Those aren't your customers anyway. And that's what I've probably got the most texts and DMs about is people can't believe that I don't concern myself with other detailers in my area. It's like, well, they don't have an effect on me. We're not doing business in the same circles. And I think that's the best part about the conversation, to be honest. Well, so what is interesting about the conversation uh, that we're having is actually that we've got some people live that are starting to, to interact on uh, Facebook. Chad St. John wants to know if you're going to let us know what's going on in the ceramic coating shakeup world because he hasn't heard. So no, oh, no, that's not on us, man. It, this, this, this is us to just, just let you guys know, look, man, there's just going to be a lot of changes. I mean, we, we, we know that. I mean, guys, when a recession hits and there's some predicting we're already there and, and I don't want to play that role. I don't know who's in a recession, who isn't. When times get tough, Marty, you and I have been in this business a long time. Things shift. They shifted when we had sealants. They shifted when we had waxes. They, the, the world shifts underneath this industry, just like everybody's industry. And, and I think that, look, the news is going to start spreading and you're just going to see people do business a little differently than what they've been doing. And it's not a right. And again, we need to stress this. It's not a right and wrong thing. It's you're going to watch changes because people are going to be forced into it. I mean, when they, when, when people are only selling 50% of the amount of ceramics they were selling at the height, they're going to make changes. And, and, you know, there's been layoffs already. I mean, you know, we'll keep that to ourselves. but I mean, I don't want to root for that. You know, I don't want people losing their job or any of that kind of stuff, but that that's, that's what's happening. And, and it's happening multiple places too. It's not as if it's only going to infect a company here or a company there. Hyperclean has to look at the way we're doing business, make sure that we're operating as lean and mean as we can to go into this next time. And so, no, I mean, I don't think it's just going to be specific to one company, but there are some big news coming out and, and everybody will hear about it. Yeah. And Chad, I mean, you, you would have already heard about it from some people. You, you're going to begin to hear about it more and more as other companies put out. We're, we got a little bit of insider track. That's why we were able to, to say some stuff. But Chad, I mean, you'll, you'll see. And, and others, the thousands of you that are listening, you'll, you'll begin to see when companies begin to have new changes suddenly that you'll understand why, right? It is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, um, that's why we choose the model that we choose for guys listening to this. It's we need something built for all times. We don't want to only cash in on, Hey, when things are great, let me, let me take from everybody and, and, and take from the system. No build a, a philosophy with ceramic coatings that works at all periods of time, build a great coating that lasts, that's easy to install, that everybody has access to. That, that was the simple track. And what you're going to see is that's going to be the track because Chad's still listening. And Chad said, got you. Like, <laughs> I, like, I, okay. I understand. Yeah, dude. I, I, again, there's so many people that take these types of things and it's not cryptic. It's not negative. It's just the people that follow us, you know, look, I broke the $142 million car sale story before Bloomberg had it. 
on our podcast because I knew people that were invited there. Again, I shared it. I shared what I could share. This is what I know. And then it drops all over this week. That was a week after everybody listening to us had it. Not that everybody cares. I mean, but it's still cool. A car sold for $142 million. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. So it's cool. All right. Thanks, Nick. Have a great week, brother. All right, man. Talk to you. See ya. Hey, this is Marshall. You know, I mentioned a guy earlier named Brian, who is one of our distributors here at HyperClean. And there's many of you that listen that when you look around your area, you know that you have a chance. You know that, you know what? I bet you with the right products, I could have a whole new leg in my business and dominate my local area. Hey, if that's you, if you look around and you go, yeah, HyperClean products here, I could start making some money. I could start selling this. I could sell this to there. I could, all right, I know these people need this and I could sell that. If you start that theory, if you're listening now and you start thinking through where you could impact your local market, hey, reach out to us, HyperClean store on Instagram, shoot us a message. Let's start that journey and let's see how you began to dominate your market with the best in car care, hyperclean. Hey, this is Marshall. Make it a great day.